Welcome to the Data Podcast. My name is Brian Ward, the creator and host of the Data Podcast. I am a coach, Marine Corps veteran, speaker, husband, and you guessed it, a dad. Are you ready to be inspired to be the best dad you can be for your family? This show will provide you with the tips, tools, and strategies to do just that. Are you a dad just going through the motions? Or are you looking to really elevate your dad game to the next level? Truth is, it is a blessing to be a dad. This is a responsibility we must take seriously. In the end, how do you want to be remembered? I hope you want to be remembered as a phenomenal dad. Your legacy starts in the home, not outside the home. If you're really ready to elevate your dad game, then make sure you bang that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. Now, let's get started. Data. Welcome to another episode of Dad, everyone. Thank you guys very much for joining me. I am fired up for today's guest because this guy is going to open your eyes to a world that we all know is out there, but is impacting us every single day. Uh, and so I'm excited for him to talk about it because he's trying to help us and teach us, educate us in this area. Uh, and we're going to get into it. But my good friend, Doc Compton, has joined me on Dad Up. Welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, thank you so much for having me, man. I, I wouldn't have missed it. Uh, I appreciate you being here. Um, I appreciate everything you're doing. It's funny. I um, discovered you a couple months ago on, obviously, the wonderful world of social media. Uh, I just kind of uh, was scrolling and I just saw the live feed and I thought, what is this guy doing? Right. I didn't know anything about you. I'm like, what is this guy doing? There's a lot of people watching him. There's a lot of people commenting. And he just looks like he's sitting in his office like he is now uh, just staring at a computer screen. And uh, the funny thing is he does this every single day for about five hours. Um, and what he does is he is he's scamming the scammers. Let's just put it that way. He calls it scam baiting. They call it scam baiting. But I was fascinated because it was like a behind the scenes look of what we as people hear every single day or get every single day is these emails, these phone calls, uh, these letters, whatever they are uh, from scammers trying to get our money, trying to get access to our things. And we've all heard the whole adage about, you know, protecting your identity, all that kind of stuff. But we get inundated with emails from Geek Squad and all, you know, Amazon and all these different places that aren't real. Yeah. And what I know, I obviously know, but what a lot of people are unaware of is they fall for this stuff because they think it's legit. And so what Doc does, and I'm going to let him talk about it, but what he does is he he plays into that whole, uh, the, the email, he buys into it like he's, he's, um, naive, um, uneducated when it comes to this kind of stuff. And he tries to turn the tables on the scammers. And I'm going to let you talk about it because I think it's just fascinating. But I was I was drawn in. I was hooked. Uh, and I so I appreciate what you're doing because it's, it's very beneficial for everybody. But for my listeners who may not know who you are, let's dive into what you do, how you do it, why you do it. And then obviously, this is a dad podcast. So I want to know about your family as well. Absolutely. Well, um, as you said, my name is Doc Compton. Uh, I'm a consumer advocate from Texas. Uh, I bust robocallers. Uh, that's kind of what I'm most known for. Um, I created a kit 
that taught people all over the country how they can take those annoying robocalls from people trying to sell them stuff like auto warranties and student loan forgiveness, tax relief, and so on and so on and so on, um, and how you can use an existing federal law that's been on the books for over 30 years and um, make those telemarketers actually pay you money for those calls because more often than not, those calls are made without your consent, which is a requirement for them to telemarket to you like that. Uh, or uh, if you're not, if your number's on the National Do Not Call Registry and they call you anyway, without having checked it the way they're supposed to, uh, those calls can be, work, uh, be, can be worth anywhere from $500 to $3,000 a piece. And that's just under the federal. There's also, uh, in some cases, state statutes that are even higher than that. So that's kind of how I got, I, I guess, bigger on social media. I uh, was talking about that stuff. Uh, from there, you know, I was getting these robocalls. You know, there's some of them that are, that are just scammers. A lot of times when you get the ones that say, oh, you know, this is Amazon. We've seen a suspicious charge on your account. Somebody bought a MacBook Pro and some, you know, AirPods or whatever. A lot of those are just scams. And what they do is try to trick you into giving them banking information, credit card information, uh, personal information, uh, stuff like login credentials and, and so on for various websites. <laughs> and... Um, I started recording myself just kind of trolling those guys and having a little fun at their expense. And uh, it kind of took off. And I was finding that when I talked about, you know, the Telephone Consumer Protection Act, I'd get this many views. And then I would tell people, hey, I got, a, you know, another $5,000 settlement check from one of these telemarketers. I get this many views. But if I convinced one of these scammers that I was a 70 year old man that was very confused and, you know, made it funny that I would get literally millions of views. Mm -hmm. uh, so I started kind of focusing my content on social media toward making the funny stuff. And that would drive people to my profile. And then from there, they would learn about how they could actually turn the robocalls into cash and, and so on. So that's kind of how we've arrived at this point. Uh, you know, and, and my TikTok in particular has kind of blown up in the last uh, 90 days or so. I've added about 150,000 new followers. Uh, you know, it took me two years plus to get to, you know, 300,000, 350,000. And then now I'm at like 514,000 or something as of the recording of, the, of this show. Uh, and it just continues to grow because it's something that resonates with so many people. Mm. Um, I think the, you know, I always joke that I don't care who you pray to. I don't care who you voted for. I don't care if you like pineapple on pizza. There's so many things on social media we can argue about, but we all pretty much agree uh, on robocalls and how much we hate them and the scammers, <clears throat> particularly those that are stealing money from you know, your grandma and your grandpa, your aunt, your uncles, your mom, your dad, your elderly neighbors, uh, and even your kids, mm -hmm. junior high, high school age kids are starting to become victims uh, in a lot of different ways, not just monetarily, but being catfished mm -hmm. and tricked into, you know, giving photos and videos and things that they probably don't want on the internet forever. Right. Uh, and then being 
you know, having those, those pictures and videos held ransom. So. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, how, how about your family, your wife and your, and your, you said you have one daughter. Well, we have three kids. Total. We have a blended oh, family. Okay. Uh, my, my wife has a daughter, Lexi. Uh, she still lives with us. And then my two kids, uh, Brianna and Chase, uh, Chase is in college up in Colorado and <clears throat> Brianna's out on her own. She has an apartment here in Dallas and, and so on. So, um, the, um, you know, my wife and I've been married for 12 years. We just had our 12th wedding anniversary a couple of months ago. Congrats. And, um, you know, that's, uh, everything I do, I kind of do for them. Truthfully. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I think it's cool because your kids are, are now, I mean, obviously they're older, so they, they kind of had the understanding of, of what goes on with, uh, you know, social media and, you know, scammers and things like that. But I'm sure it's been kind of a learning lesson for them seeing, you kind of be an advocate for this uh, and the lessons that they've learned just from watching you or hearing you talk about it um, has probably been benef pretty beneficial for them. Yeah. Um, my kids, you know, pretty much like everybody's uh, you know, they have a relationship with social media mm -hmm. and whether it's Snapchat or uh, TikTok or whatever, you know, my kids have seen both sides. I've been a businessman and entrepreneur for a long time. And I've, I've been one of those businesses that uses social media <clears throat> very effectively to get a message out. Some mm -hmm. of that, you know, as part of my consumer advocacy work and, and so on. Um, some of it just for, you know, purely for branding and, you know, whatever. Uh, but they've also, all along the way, I've been very careful to kind of show them, hey, look, these are the perils of being on social media. And, you know, particularly when you have daughters, uh, my, my two daughters are, you know, 23 years old and they're both gorgeous. Um, you know, be careful what you put out there. Be careful mm -hmm. who you talk to uh, because it, number one, it may not be who you think it is. And even if it's someone that you trust or know pretty well, uh, their account could be hacked. And, you know, there, there's lots of problems that can happen with sharing, you know, personal information or heaven forbid photos, videos, things like that, uh, you know, particularly on social media. Yeah. Um, when it comes to the work that you do, I know you, there's a whole, uh, I guess, industry around scam baiting, scam yeah. guys like you, yeah. the, the, you, got, you have a whole kind of crew <laughs> that you kind of circle with. Um when it comes to doing this kind of work, yes, it's beneficial for, you know, helping shut these guys down, but do you find a sense of uh, risk behind it in that, you know, you're putting obviously your faces out there and, and you're constantly, I mean, you're doing this every single day. Um, has there been any backlash or risk that you've had to watch out for from these guys? Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've had everything from, you know, anonymous threats and so on and so forth, you know, that, that kind of stuff. It, it just kind of comes with the territory. I've been, you know, um, kind of fighting for the little guy for a long time mm -hmm. and that puts a target on my back. Uh, so I'm not new to that. Um, <laughs> but with some of these scammers, um, and the robo callers in particular, even the legitimate telemarketing organizations, you know, these guys are knowingly, willfully 
as a pattern in practice in their business model, breaking the law. Uh, so you, you know, you have to kind of exercise a certain element of caution uh, because you don't know just how crazy a particular person might be. Uh, and when you start talking about shutting down operations that make millions of dollars, <coughs> excuse me, people tend to get a little, you know, they, they, they tend to get a little weird, a little desperate. And uh, so, yeah, I, I've had the death threats and I've had the, you know, the anonymous calls. I've had people um, make comments, you know, kind of threatening comments in my live streams and, and so on and so forth. The vast majority of it, I, I think, is, you know, just some person in their mom's basement, uh, right. you know, trying to be trying to be cool. Um, there are some that are a little more credible, but uh we take all the necessary precautions and, and most of what I do uh, on the scam baiting side of things, we take a lot of precautions uh, in terms of hiding um, who and what I am, you know, what I am and what I do and, and so on. Uh, but it is hard. I'm one of the few scam baiters out there that really is as public as I am. And it's not just about followings on social media. It's, you know, I've been known for, my consumer advocacy work for a much longer period than I've been on on TikTok, for example. Mm. So, you know, theoretically, I'm not a hard person to find if they really wanted to come and find me. So I do have to be a little bit careful, but, uh, you know, it, it's that's uh, the burden that, that I have to bear doing what I do. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're right, because I have, I have to be honest, I, before I just casually came across uh, your work on social media, I didn't even know this existed. I didn't, I just thought it was just, you know, when you were doing it until I watched you more and more and learned more about what you were doing, I thought it was just you just playing a game, you know, just, just playing a game with people, but no, this is your actual work. This is what you do. And there's a whole group of other people that do the same thing. Um, do yeah. you think, do you think you're running into, uh, just a, 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 a road that goes on forever and ever and ever, because we know that, you know, <laughs> eventually you would hope that this would all stop and you guys would get to the end of it. But these guys there, I mean, there's millions of these guys out there. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it is, you know, I, I kind of lovingly uh, as much as I can use that word, call it the world's biggest game of whack-a-mole because, <laughs> you know, what we do, you know, I'm part of, uh, very much a part of a global community of people who do what I do. Right. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not the biggest, I'm not the best, I'm not, you know, whatever. I'm just one of many. Um, <coughs> apologies for the cough, allergies. The, um, you know, what we try to do is we try to make it as difficult for these people as we possibly can to do their jobs, meaning the scammers. Um, we will try to shut down their websites. We'll try to shut down their phone lines. We'll try to shut down uh, their access to third-party uh, remote access software platforms um, so that they can't hack into people's computers. Um, part of that comes from people like myself doing the scam baiting, but it also comes from the companies, these third-party remote access software platforms, you know, kind of working with them and saying, hey, look, you know, this is what I do. I'm established. I'm credible. If I tell you that this person or this 
company, if you can call it that, um, is scamming, you can trust that they are indeed scamming. And anything you could do to help us shut them down is great. Uh, and we do have cooperation of some of those companies, the, the phone companies, some of the web hosts uh, and stuff. So it helps, but it's not permanent uh, because they'll just go out and they'll get a new website. They'll get new phone lines. They'll get access to a different third-party remote access software platform. Um, and they'll just be back at it 24 hours later. But if I spend an hour on a phone with some guy that hour, he's not stealing from your mom or my mom or, you know, one of my followers, listeners, subscribers, moms, uh, or grandma or, you know, whomever. Uh, so every single call does something to prevent them from stealing. And uh, when you think about the fact that the overwhelming majority of people that are, are being taken advantage of are seniors in large mm -hmm. part and, you know, the elderly <clears throat> and they can be, you know, not necessarily just elderly, but they could also be in some, you know, manner of cognitive decline, mm -hmm. dementia, Alzheimer's, things like that. And those people are very easy to take advantage of for obvious reasons. And, um, you know, we try really hard. I, one of my biggest things is I can do what I do all day, every day and never get to everyone. But the more people that I touch with the message about what we're doing, the more I can educate and inform um, using the humor as kind of a gateway, the better it is. Uh, because there is, you know, as good as I may be or any of the other global community members uh, may be, there's nothing as effective as prevention. You know, you, you're very unlikely to be able to get your money back once it's stolen from you. So if you can just kind of head it off at the pass and, and teach your mom, your dad, your grandma, your grandpa, your aunt, your uncles, your elderly neighbors, your kids, how to avoid, the, how to identify these kinds of scams and then avoid them all together. That just makes it, you know, a lot better for everybody. Yeah. Uh, you talk about identifying the scams when it comes to maybe uh, parents that have, you know, maybe the littler kids probably don't are probably monitored a little bit more closely. So I'm going to kind of gauge it towards more older kids that are maybe parents aren't, mm -hmm. aren't really monitoring them as much. Um, what advice could you give to parents uh, in kind of recognizing the risks or recognizing the scammers out there for their kids? Maybe they need to, and you talk about it all the time on your show, you need to sit down with your mother. You need to sit down with your kids. You need to have these conversations. Um, have that very candid conversation. Yes. Right. So uh, what, what would you, what advice would you give to parents that maybe have kids that are active on social media? You know, I, you know the biggest thing is social media. Again, uh, as I mentioned before, social media is kind of a double-edged sword. Uh, you know, I equate the internet to the printing press because when the printing press, you know, came in, to, uh, came in, um, it was like, okay, now we can mass produce information and educate the heretofore unwashed, uneducated masses and bring them up to speed. And, you know, there was great power in the distribution of that because you could effectively control the narrative. You know, we hear that a lot about media and, and, and that kind of things these days. Um, the same is true with the internet. And, 
with social media uh, in particular, because, you know, the Internet kind of gives everybody a voice. Social media really kind of laser focused on giving everybody a voice, whether they needed it or not. And, you know, there's, you know, anything good, it's only going to be a short matter of time before somebody somewhere figures out a way to turn it into adult content of some kind or the other, Mm. uh, or a means by which it can be distributed, you know, or uh, something criminal. And social media is just a hotbed. And with the advances in technology, you know, with the AI and, you know, we're here now talking about people's voices being yeah. replicated and, and things like that, which is extraordinarily frightening for someone like myself. Who, I mean, there are literally thousands and thousands and thousands of hours of my face and voice on the Internet, uh, you know, on the news, on my own social media and, and so on. Uh, you know, it's been shared millions of times and so on. So. Uh, I think the most important thing is sit down with your kids and say, don't put anything on the internet that you wouldn't want everyone you know to see. Don't have a conversation over the internet, regardless of, you know, Snapchat, uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok. Don't have a conversation with someone, you know, that you wouldn't want other people to be able to see. Mm-hmm. Because it could be that the person you think you're talking to is a fraud. Um, you know, that, that that's huge. And then, of course, you know, the obvious, uh, you know, every dad's nightmare, uh, you know, pictures, video, things like that. And, and you know, let's be honest, 13 to 20-something-year-old guys are going to be 13 to 20-something-year-old yeah. guys and the girls, you know, are going to be tempted to maybe send that picture or that sexy message or, you know, whatever. And they just got to be super careful. And you have to have an open, honest conversation, uh, particularly with kids, um, because, you know, their entire future could potentially rest on it. We've all heard stories about uh, there was a kid, you know, captain of the football team. He thinks he's talking to some girl from school. And she convinces him, she convinces him to send some kind of explicit picture or whatever. The kid does it. And then immediately they're like, we're going to send this to everyone on your friends list, everyone in your family, blah, blah, blah. This goes on for several. It it happened at like 10 o'clock at night. They continued until about 3 a.m. And they demanded money from him. And of course, he paid him whatever he had, which was a couple hundred bucks. But they wanted more. And he was so upset, so distraught that he ended up committing suicide over it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had kids message message me uh, through social media and say, you know, I've been catfished like that. And I'm I don't know what I'm going to do. I just want to, you know, kill myself. And I'm like, you know, first of all, you cannot talk like that. Mm-hmm. You cannot think like that. Go and talk to your parents. Go and talk to your counselor. Go and talk to somebody. You know, uh, that's how big this could potentially become if, if someone's not careful. Uh, and, you know, I, I talk about it a lot too. The burden of doing what I do uh, in part is the emotional part. Mm-hmm. I hear stories that will break your heart all day, every day. And when you realize what a, a tremendous uphill battle this is, uh, not just with the elderly, but now, especially with the kids, 
it, I mean, it's it's tough, especially as a father, you know, not just a consumer advocate, but as a father, you know, thinking about these poor kids, you know, it's tough. Yeah. Um, I, I think about, uh, you know, with your show um, and listen, if you haven't checked out what he's doing, we're going to get into that, but you need to, you need to check out his YouTube channel. Uh, I recommend the YouTube channel side. There's, there's a lot less kind of restrictions on there than, than maybe the TikTok and stuff. That's the, that's the avenue that I, I necessarily, I choose to view, but just on the YouTube, uh, just the comments, I I've seen some comments in there from your regular followers about, Oh, my mom was just scammed out of $30,000 or blah, blah, blah. I mean, this happens every single day. And it's, it, it's mind boggling me because I don't think that I would ever be subject to a scammer, but you just never no know. Does. You just no never know. Does. I'll tell you something. I'm like so used to seeing emails from different things and just laughing uh, that I got an email once. This is just uh, maybe four or five months ago. And I almost, I almost fell for it. Almost did. It was an email. And it talked about, uh, hey, we have managed to hack your systems, your computer, and we see everything that you're doing. And it and it indicated that I had done some stuff online that I probably shouldn't have done and that they're going to let everybody know unless I pay out this money. And yep. I thought, what in the world is this? And it looked like it was a legit email from somebody just saying, hey, pay me yep. this money or I'm going to send send this out to your friends and family and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, first of all, there's some minor spelling issues in there that, yeah. uh, that caught yeah. me, caught my attention, but I started getting inundated with those types of emails. Like it happened once it was weird. Cause it was the first one I'd ever gotten. And then all of a sudden, like every day I'm getting another one and another one and another yeah. one. And I'm like, yeah. Okay. So I got a question for you for my own benefit. Cause I've heard mm -hmm. that when you get spam mail like that, uh, just delete it. Um, don't click on anything. I understand that. Don't click on anything, but sure. there's been a few occasions that I've actually responded like with some, you know, gesture or angry word back to them, you know, kind of thing to just kind of entice them a little bit. I don't even yeah. know if I should be doing that or not, but, uh, I've done that a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing. I always tell people, you know, I talked earlier about the whack-a-mole thing. You, if you're just average Joe, average citizen, you're not going to have an impact by telling them, you know, to piss off. You're not. What you will do, though, is let them know that I know you're a scammer. Mm -hmm. Just say, hey, look, your efforts, you know, your efforts are going to be better spent somewhere else because I know you're a scammer. I'm very familiar with this scam. I know, you know, if, if you're going to say anything, Say something like that. I don't recommend antagonizing people because, you know, you never know. You get this crazy scammer who's clearly a criminal to begin with. And, you know, you say something and it just hits them the wrong way on the wrong day at the wrong time. And they're desperate enough to really look into you. And then they find your email uh, or, or your uh, Facebook using your email. And then they find a way to hack your Facebook. And this happens every day, millions and millions of times a day, where they have now taken over your Facebook account. Mm -hmm. They go on Facebook pretending to be you, communicating with all of your contacts, 
telling them, hey, I'm in trouble. I need money. Can you send me money? Or, uh, hey, can you buy me this? And, you know, I'll just pay you back when I see you on Monday or, you know, whatever kind of crazy stuff. And then again, you get back into the, you know, the spicier stuff, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your husband, your wife, your partner, significant other, whatever, uh, that you maybe sent that one kind of sexy picture to or something. Mm-hmm. Well, they now have that. They're going to post it on your Facebook. Mm-hmm. They're going to post it in your Instagram story. They're going to post it, you know, whatever they can gain access to. And then when they do that, they're going to tell you, hey, I just posted this. All your friends have seen it. If you don't want me to keep doing it, you're going to pay me $300, $500, $1,000, whatever it is, whatever they think they can get from you. Um, so that's why I say it's better to be less notable, less remembered than anything. Uh, so deleting it is probably your best bet, just ignoring it altogether. Uh, They're looking for a path of least resistance. They're looking for someone who has no idea. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, obviously I am literally baiting scammers. Mm -hmm. So I will have a totally different approach. Uh, You know, I get that Instagram account or TikTok account that sends me a message and it's some, you know, gorgeous lady that looks like a model. And she's like, hey, I just came across your profile and... You know, I'm like, hey, what's up, girl? You know, blah, blah, blah. Knowing full well that it's some 14-year-old kid in Nigeria who is basically just trying to, you know, help me park myself from my wallet, uh, you know, or get my account and so on. Um, which amazes me because I don't, I'm not secretive about what I do. Most of my content on pretty much any platform anymore is me busting scammers live in real time. Uh, you know, and doing bad things to them. So, you know, they clearly have not done their research. Usually what happens is I'll get that one kind of vague, hey, sexy kind of message. And I'm like, you should go look at my profile before you send anything else. And then next time I log in, that that account is disappeared. They, you know, <laughs> they don't, they've realized uh, who I am and what I do. So, yeah. Yeah, I, it's funny. I get those get those kind of messages too, and it's like, uh, if you're gonna send me a DM and you're just gonna say, "Hey," number one, I'm just gonna I'm I'm not gonna respond to you. You're just trying to see if yeah. there's somebody active there. But I I get those too, and I just think it's funny. I just delete them. I always I just delete them and block them is what I do. Um, but <clears throat> I think it's crazy that there are even kids because. You know, our kids can buy, can be naive and they like attention uh, and social media is an easy way to go about it, but they'll get messages from people that they have no idea who they are and they, they fall for it. They start talking to the, to this person and it's stuff that I've tried to educate. I have two boys and they're 24 and 22 or uh, yeah, 24 and 20. My youngest just turned 22 last week, uh, 24 and 22. And, and I've had these conversations with them like, Hey guys, listen, whatever is on the internet or on social media, you need to understand that that's always going to be there. Even if you attempt to delete it, even if it's only there for 24 hours, because that's what the platform says it is, it's always going to be there. And there's going to be somebody that can get access to it if they need it. So whatever you put on social media, you need to make sure that you're prepared for that to be there forever for the rest of your life. Because- And if you're okay with that and you're, and you're, and you're good with maybe a future employer seeing it or coming across it somehow, then fine. But I'm telling you, 
just because it's only there for 24 hours is not, it's not true. Uh, yeah. Or a future partner, wife. Yeah. The husband, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah. All of that is a very real thing. And, you know, the, you talk about the employer thing, uh, you know, people understand social media now and, you know, a potential employer is probably going to be a little bit more flexible, you know, today than they would have been 10 or 15 years ago with something on the internet. You know, you say, look, I was a dumb kid. I was in college. I da, 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 da. You know, okay, we're going to overlook some things. Uh, but by the same token, at this stage in the game, you know better. Mm -hmm. You you were on social media in 2023. Mm -hmm. You knew not to do it in 2023, mm -hmm. you know, or you should have known not to do it in 2023. Uh, you know, and it could cost you the 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 job of your dreams or the man or woman of your dreams uh you know something's out there like that so yeah i mean you, you can't stress enough that it is much much easier to prevent than it is to try and correct you yeah. know or fix it after the fact yeah i have heard stories of i mean just recently maybe in the last year or so i've heard stories of um, teachers that have been fired because they've had only fan accounts and they're a teacher by day, but they have an only fan accounts that they do off to the side. Yeah. That's their choice. They want to do that kind of stuff, but they're not thinking about what their employer or their the kids in their school are going to, you know, do when they find out. Um, I've also seen, uh, and I can't think of the name of it and I wish I could, but there is a documentary on Netflix that came out maybe a year ago or so. Uh, and it was about this guy who scams people out of photos and for money. And I forget the name of the documentary, but it was fascinating to me. Um, um the, was it the guy that, uh, was like got, swindling got, all the women? He got pretty big. Yeah. Like he was like, he was like known for, um, um, like, I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember it either. Yeah, it, it was a fascinating. Several women that he had stolen money from and swindled, mm -hmm. and yeah, yep. yeah, yep. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, and there's a, you know, that that that's a whole other category of the scams that are online. The romance scams is what we typically call it, and the romance scams are those are some of the biggest because you are kind of tapping into an emotion. Right. And love makes people do crazy things. Right. We all know that. Uh, you know, so you hear about these widows who fall for, oh, he's in the military. I mean, there's like a handful of things that are like, it's a dead giveaway. It's a scam for the romance scammers. He's in the military. He's a pilot. Um, his profile picture is him and his kid or him and his dog or him and his cat, you know, they're, they're looking for someone who's going to see that and go, ah, right. And that's how it begins. I talked to a woman the other day who told me that her mother is absolutely convinced that she is marrying Cole Hauser, uh, which uh, in case you don't know, that's Yellowstone. the guy from Yellowstone, Rip, yeah. <laughs> right. And I'm like, okay, so, what, like, well, what's the problem? I mean, other than being emotionally fooled, she's like, well, she sent him $156,000. Okay, so why would Cole Hauser need $156,000? Well, you know, <laughs> a normal, rational, logical person would ask that very question almost immediately, right? Um, but 
they have a way of you know tapping into people's emotions and they're so manipulative and convincing them that you know hey i'm doing this thing I'm, you know i love you and when i get back in town you know right now i'm stationed in nigeria uh or it and because of security i can't talk on the phone you know okay so you can only that's the other thing is i get you know i do my live streams and i'll get a few thousand followers after every live stream. Right. Um, and then I'll get a couple hundred messages. And the messages, you know, a lot of them are, hey, thanks for what you do. And, you know, it's great. And it's so funny. It's entertaining, whatever. But <laughs> there's also ones where people say, you know, can you help me figure out if this uh, guy that I'm talking to is a scammer? Mm. And I'm like, okay, first question, always, how are you communicating with them? Oh, via telegram. Yeah. But done. Scammer. I don't need to see a picture. I don't need nothing. You know, well, he can't talk on the phone because he's stationed overseas and stop. Stop. If you cannot physically, I mean, we can FaceTime. You and I are talking. I don't even know. I don't even recall where you're from. And you and I are talking on the phone. Right. You know, effectively through this Zoom. Uh, you know, if you can't talk to him over the phone. If you can't FaceTime with them in this day and age, it's a scam, period. If you don't have an actual working phone number, it's a scam. Just, just bank on it. You know, and I, the other thing that I try to tell, you know, guys in particular is if, you know, it's like, I know what I look like, right? I'm 51. Um, I know that the odds of some 22-year-old German supermodel hitting me up, you know, sliding into my DMs, the odds are pretty slim, right? I mean, let's be honest with ourselves, fellas. You know, <laughs> that gorgeous girl in the bikini on the boat, you know, uh, that that's a big thing with the women. And, you know, they always, I had one today say, tell me your Facebook profile. And, you know, I, this person is a known social media influencer, like the face. You know, I get hit up with this one, you know, five times a month, six times a month, where it's the same face, a new profile name. And what it is, is a 15-year-old kid in Ghana or Nigeria that's just trying to steal my money. That's all it is, you know? Yeah. A little bit of common sense goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh what do you Would. think? What do you think of Telegram and uh, apps like Telegram and WhatsApp? It's funny because I've had, I've worked like my editor for my podcast. He's he's overseas. He's in Italy, but yeah. I can call him on my phone or I can Facetime him on my phone. Like we text yeah. back and forth constantly. I know who he is. I know he's legit, and he's been doing my podcast now for over a year, almost yeah. two years. Um, but. I've had people reach out to me from other countries, you know, and just go, you know, it's better if we communicate through WhatsApp instead of, you know, on the DM or whatever. And it's like, you know, I don't delete, I don't download those apps. I just, I don't communicate. No. That way. You can't communicate with me through uh, texting or calling. I'm not interested. You know, it's kind of like the, uh, the third party remote access software, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like uh, AnyDesk, TeamViewer, UltraViewer, uh, Supremo, uh, Alpamix, there's there's several of them where basically <clears throat> what they are intended or what they were um, originally intended for is, you know, let's say 
your editors in Italy and you say, hey, I want to show you this video. I want you to I want to show you where I want it to be cut and what kind of graphics I want it to look like. But I want to do it in real time. So I'm going to give you limited permissions and you're going to be able to see what's on my screen. Text support, you know, you you call in uh, Microsoft tech support and they say, OK, you know, well, we might be able to help you, blah, blah, blah. But the criminals out there, the scammers or would be scammers know that, you know, people will believe this if they just sell it right. And, you know, it gets with outsourcing being what it is. It gets easier and easier and easier for the scammers to perpetuate these kinds of frauds. You know, I mean, when was the last time you talked to someone in in tech support that wasn't Indian, Pakistani, Filipino, you know, perhaps South American or something, right? You know, number one thing that we could do, uh, well, I don't want to say number one, there's a lot, but certainly one of the best things that we could do as a nation to eliminate the scams is make outsourcing telephone support to India, Pakistan, Philippines, et cetera, illegal. Instead of making it to where it's so cheap, that's why people do it. It's inexpensive. Right. You can get someone in India to do it for, you know, a dollar an hour or less, you know, as opposed to here in the United States, you're going to pay 15, 20 bucks, you know, minimum wage, 15 bucks, whatever it is. You got to pay somebody bigger money. Well, that's how they end up over there. Mm-hmm. And it's a tax advantage and whatever. I say, if you want to outsource, cool, but we're going to make it more expensive for you to outsource through taxes uh, or something like that. And you disincentivize financially the companies from doing it. If you did that and we got you know all these people that don't have jobs, you just get them a telephone job, right? All the people that are on welfare, they're at home. Let them do tech support over the phone for the government. Let them, you know, g- do some kind of job like that. And then you, you, when your 75-year-old grandmother who has early onset Alzheimer's or dementia picks up the phone, she's speaking to someone in English so that if she gets a call from someone, you know, from that part of the world, it automatically becomes suspicious, Right. So, yeah. I mean, there's things that we could do just fundamentally that would be such win, 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 win scenarios. I don't know why we don't do it. Yeah, you've been such a good um, advocate for, you know, uh, consumer rights and, and all that. You've you've even spoken on, you know, in Washington, D.C. about different things that have gone on with uh, consumer, you know, protecting the consumer. Have you ever pushed for things like that? I'm constantly pushing yeah. uh, for stuff like that. You know, the problem is, uh, you know, I've been to D.C. Uh, most recently, I spoke down at the, uh, you know, uh, the the Capitol in, in Texas, and I addressed a committee on, you know, some of the rules and some minor changes that needed to be made uh, to our, our telemarketing laws, our state telemarketing laws, uh, to include text messages. That's basically what it is. It's literally like a one-paragraph addition to an existing statute. And a Texas senator was like, yeah, I think this is a great idea. He proposes it. The governor vetoed it. Why? Because he wanted something else politically. And he wasn't going to he wasn't going to sign anything into law until he got what he wanted. 
And again, I'm not trying to make a political discussion. That's the downside of politics. The one of the authors of the Telephone Consumer Protection Act, which was passed in 1991, signed into law by George H.W. Bush, is still in Congress. I have personally reached out a half a dozen times. Nothing. Hmm. Here's what here's what does it. Hey, I've got a huge campaign contribution. I'd like to hand deliver it to your office. All right. Yeah, we've got time around noon today. Would that be good? And, uh, you know, and if you can bring a few of your friends with similarly styled donations, uh, we probably work out a lunch or something. Yeah. And, you know, that's how it works. It's unfortunate, but it is how it works. And, you know, um, there's a lot of talk, India, Pakistan, a lot of these call center environments, the guys that own it are making ridiculous amounts of money. Uh, I mean, even by American standards, they're ridiculous amounts of money. But when you compare it to, you know, the standard uh, of living in, in Delhi or Kolkata or, you know, some of these places in India, Pakistan, wherever, I mean, they're like gajillionaires. Mm. And it is nothing for them to pay off the local law enforcement or the government to just get people, you know, it's like, oh, we got busted. Woo, they took pictures and made a big thing of it. And here's a million dollars. Everybody just gets out tomorrow and we're done. Mm. And we talk about that like, oh, it's so corrupt. Our system is a little more formal. But it's not that different. You've got lobbyists who, uh, for example, I'll give you an example. Down in Florida, Florida passed one of the most progressive. It was brilliant in its original iteration uh, version of a, uh, they called it the mini TCPA. TCPA stands for Telephone Consumer Protection Act. That's the federal statute. Um, They passed the mini TCPA and it was exceptional. Bigger penalties, much more restrictive uh, you know, in terms of what could and couldn't be done by the telemarketers and, uh, you know, holding them accountable was great. Well, they passed it into law and it was actually very quick, the, the turn. Well, shortly after that, the lobbyists uh, from all over, but specifically, there's a lot of telemarketing firms in South Florida, like a lot, like a, jillions of them. They all went and they were like, hey, this is really kind of putting a, you know, a ding in our business. And we think that maybe uh, this should be amended. Done. They amended it. And, you know, that's how it works. And it's unfortunate. Uh, You know, the the federal government uh, can find a robocaller over $50,000 per call. When you total all of the different violations up, if they break every rule, it would be over $50,000. As consumers, we get three grand. And there's not many judges anymore who would give you the full three grand. Hmm. Explain that to me. Now, mm-hmm. there's also the the, the problem with uh, the government doesn't really ever collect that money. I just got a $16,000 judgment against a robocaller. Guess what? I'm going to get my money. I'm going to get paid. And that's what the laws were designed to do, was empower consumers and give them the opportunity to do that, Uh, which is why I work so hard to make sure people know their rights and know what they can do. 
Uh, because you can threaten until the cows come home, yell, scream, whatever you want, until you make it financially implausible for these guys to continue running their business this way, they're going to do exactly that. And, and, and I think that's, you know, number one, make it more restrictive, increase the fines, allow me to collect my attorney's fees. And uh, the robocall problem will all but disappear in a year. That's it. The phone companies, the phone companies could make the robocall problem stop like that. They won't because they're making billions of dollars off that robocall traffic. Mm -hmm. People don't realize that your carrier, whoever they are, is making money every time your phone gets a robocall. It's tiny, tiny fractional amounts. But when you would consider that there was 51 yeah. billion robocalls last year in the United States. And, and here's a fun fact that nobody, nobody even would possibly dream of. Where do you think the U.S. ranks globally in terms of the number of robocalls it receives? Take a guess. Uh, I'm going to say in the top five. We're 20th. Oh. 20th. Wow. There are 19 countries that get more than we do. Holy cow. India is one of them. Um, Brazil is another huge one. Huh. Talk about weird ironies, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, it's it's. This is one of those things where ultimately it, it comes down to us. We're going to be the ones that have to do it. We're going to do the dirty work. We're going to be the ones. And all I'm asking for from the feds, from the state, give us just a little bit more power. Give us just a little bit more financial, um, you know, statutory penalties. And watch how quickly we can make this problem go away. Hmm. Wow. I'm on, I'm on a soapbox now. I'm sorry. Right. No, you're, I mean... <laughs> You're you're doing you're doing uh, doing the work that you need to do. Um, I want to ask you this, and then I want to get into a little bit about um, how people can actually uh, make money. And uh, obviously, we'll talk about your kit. And I, so, I don't want you to give any secrets away on your on the podcast, but I want to go into it a little bit um, for parents that have elderly parents or have kids that are our kids' age. Um, how do they, how do you know what to look out for? How do you know what to tell them to look out for? Because I know for my parents, if they got an email that was from Amazon or from geek squad, they would think it was weird, but they may be like, huh, why would, why would my yeah. account be charged $449? I don't. And then they would fall for it and call the number on the, on the email to, you know, my dad would, he'd call the number and go, what the hell are you guys doing? And yeah. then. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, he's scammed. How do they know to look out for, okay, what's real, what's not? Because, Doc, they use their logos. Yeah. So it looks legit. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. You know, there's a, there's a number of things uh, I tell people. First of all, most legitimate companies, if they're going to send you an email, and you actually have a relationship with this company, they are not going to say, dear customer, they're going to say, dear John Smith, you know, whatever your name is. That That's number one. You you touched on another one. The, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the spelling and grammatical stuff. Mm -hmm. That's a big one. Um, you know, if there's not, you know, the commas are out of place 
or um, if they feel like they have to say $449, uh, $449 USD, US dollars. Well, if I say, hey, give me 20 bucks, I don't say, hey, Brian, give me 20 bucks USD. Right. US money. Right. right. You know, it's like, why would they need to do that? There's little subtle things like that. Um, you know, or and of the, course, it's easy for me to. Or the dollar sign behind the numbers, like $449 dollar sign. <laughs> exactly. Uh, those are dead giveaways. Another thing is I tell people to look at the sender. The sender email, mm-hmm. a lot of times, will be something like, you know, John Smith at AOL.com. Well, bad news for John Smith at AOL.com, you know, whoever actually owned that at one point, their email has been hacked and they use these U.S. emails to send stuff. The reason they do that is because it's less likely to get flagged as spam. Right. That's one reason. Um, The other thing I tell people to look for is, you know, if it says um, billing.paypal.us.7719 at gmail.com. Okay, that's that's a right. Gmail account. That's somebody's personal account. Right. You know, it's not uh it's not a legit business. Um now that having been said, even then companies can sometimes manipulate what shows up as the um uh, you know reply to email and they'll make it look like it's actually uh you know the company that they're pretending to be stuff like that um you know the phone number if you can't get a, if you get a phone number in an email and you can't immediately google that phone number and find it tied to the business mm-hmm. don't call it just don't call it and here's one that's been coming up a lot i get tagged in these videos on on social media every day um <laughs> the ones where people say you know I got a suspicious email from PayPal. So I Googled, how do I call PayPal by phone? And I mean, I could probably, I, I don't want to, I don't want to put myself on the spot. But I don't want to try it real quick. How do I contact PayPal over the phone? The very first thing I, that, that was fortunate. I don't know what we're going to be able to see that. The very first thing that comes up, let me see if I can get the camera to focus on it for just a second. There we go. Right up here, mm-hmm. you can see that's a sponsored mm-hmm. ad. Mm-hmm. That's a scammer who has put up a pay-per-click ad on Google. And when you click on it, it takes you to your phone call mm-hmm. so that you can just call that number. And I mean, we can literally call that number right now and it's fake. And I can, you know, I mean, I could go through that. That's what I do. You want to see that live? Call my, come watch my live show. Mm-hmm. That that's a, that's something that people are getting busted on. Make sure that if you Google the number, it's not a sponsored ad that's coming up. Or if you Google something about the email, make sure it's not a sponsored ad because they are going to those links to steal money. I, I talked to uh, you may or may not have seen it, uh, but I talked to one the other day who, after I had busted him and kind of exposed him. You know, he got real candid with me and we ended up talking for like an hour and a half. It was all live in front of thousands of people. Uh, that, yeah, that was like last me. week sometime, right? Yeah, about a week or two ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, he had stolen $270,000 from 
from an elderly couple in Kentucky, 82 and 86 years old, I believe he said. And yep. he literally explained how he systematically convinced them that, you know, he had done all these things and they needed to wire this money. And then they had to take some and put it in a Bitcoin machine, which, by the way, let me just say, anybody on social media who is a cryptocurrency expert um, and they post pictures of them in their Lambo or whatever, Google their name, their username in that same social media platform. And you'll find 30 accounts just like it. <laughs> same same is true with the 22-year-old German supermodel or, you know, whatever. Uh, Google their username and you'll see. There's, I mean, there's so many examples of that. I could literally show you a dozen, um, you know, Bitcoin, crypto expert, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the worst part about that is people get scammed like that. And then they post on social media. I got scammed. Here's what happens next. You got all the scammers going, oh, easy target. But not only that, they'll send you a message privately or comment publicly on your video. Uh, my Instagram account was hacked, but thanks to profile recovery hacker on Instagram, I got it back. Or on, you know, on TikTok or whatever. And then you go to the profile and it looks like some, it's always the same theme. It's some kid in a hoodie and you can't see his face or he's got the anonymous mask, 100% money back guarantee, whatever. You get them, they'll message you, try to talk to them on the phone. They always say the same thing. Oh, I can't talk on the phone right now. I've got a bad connection, blah, blah, blah. It's so you don't hear the Nigerian accent. And they are going to say, pay me 50 bucks and I'll get it all back for you. Money back guarantee. Then they have you send money via PayPal or Zelle or Cash App or whatever. Friends and family, which means you have no recourse to get it back. And it's gone again. So you not only got scammed out of all your Bitcoin, you got scammed out of another 50 or 100 bucks from some Nigerian kid who just conned you into believing he could get it all back for you. Uh, you know, account recoveries, money recovery. If you've been scanned, I literally made a post the other day just being goofy and said, can someone help me, please? I have lost my account on Facebook. I have lost my Instagram. I got hacked and lost my Bitcoin. And I just listed all the stuff that these guys drool over. There was 150 scammers instantly who have bots that go and comment and like and send messages saying, you know, I can get this back for you. I can get this back for you. And then I just put as text in the top of the TikTok, block anybody in this, in the comments below who says they can get your money back or, you know, whatever. And there was hundreds of them, you know, and of course <laughs> people love it. They thought that was hysteric. That's how prevalent it is. It, it is, it is, uh, it's crazy because I, myself, I'll get, uh, you know, email uh, that looks relatively legit, uh, that seems kind of out of place and why I get it. The first thing that I do personally is if I think it could possibly be a real email is I'll go click on the actual address because it may say like, you know, Norton, you know what I mean? Or, or Amazon, right? And you click on the actual address, then it'll show you a picture of what the actual email address is. And it's, and if it's a random like 
just a bunch of letters and numbers and it, it, it's a, yeah, it's a scammer. I was trying to find one on my phone a, a minute ago and I couldn't, um, but it, it is. You probably forward them all to me. Right. <laughs> uh, that's that's right um you're right i did hear that one story you were talking about uh and that scammer he was uh it's crazy how much he shared with you but if i recall he did get that much money from them but it was in two steps like he got like a hundred and something thousand one of them it was one it time was multiple then, steps it took yeah. him about a week to get it all yeah yeah um and he they'll, doesn't they'll convince them they'll convince them that um and it, it's kind of a long and complicated process it's kind of very much a long con but you're talking about 270 grand they're you know it's worth it to them um they will uh say okay log into your they'll, they'll have hacked into your computer okay or convince you to give them access effectively um they'll go in and say you know log into your computer well uh, they log in, they get access. They say, now take us to your bank, go to your bank. We have to check your balance to see if this transaction has gone through, whatever the reason is. Um, <laughs> excuse me. I'm so sorry. And when they do that, they can go in kind of behind the scenes and manipulate what the victim sees on the screen in terms of their own balances. So if they think, uh, you know, like you call and say, oh, yeah, I, I want a refund for, uh, you know, $200. And they go, okay, yeah, we'll give that to you. No problem. Well, then they say, okay, we've done it. They manipulate it to make it look like they've accidentally given you 20000 instead of 200 Like the decimal point is just off, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> then they'll say, oh, my God, that's what this guy did. Oh my gosh, I'm, I've messed up so bad and I'm going to lose my job and I'm the only breadwinner in my family. And oh, oh what am I going to do? And, you know, you're going to have to give me that money back. And it, I mean, you could be in trouble. I'm so sorry. I don't want to get you in trouble with the law. And in reality, all they've done is kind of changed how what these people are seeing on their screen looks like. Mm. That's all it is. There's been no transaction whatsoever. So these people now believing that they're going to be in trouble and that they cost this poor man his job, who's only trying to help them, give them money and so on and so forth. Um, they'll tell them, oh, you can send it through Bitcoin. You know, there's a, a place where you can go and just put $10,000 in cash into a Bitcoin machine. That money's gone. Like you're never going to see it again, ever. Uh, <coughs> my own dad. And this is a true story. <laughs> when, uh, as my dad was, you know, getting older, this is a check that my dad wrote to a guy named Ali Azkar for $19,800. Wow. He wrote that check uh, because it was Microsoft. And I'm this. Here's a check for 300. I don't know how well you guys can read that, yeah, but it's yeah. $349 to yeah. Microsoft. When was the last time you wrote a check to Microsoft? I have never. Like you could just, <laughs> yeah. And his, you know, records were kind of just riddled with stuff like this. When my robocalls kit first came out, 
And I was on the news literally every other day for three years. I mean, you know, it was like I went viral and stayed viral for a long time. Um, and I would call my dad, you know, and he's in eastern rural Kentucky in the middle of nowhere in a holler. Like literally didn't even have Wi-Fi. He just had dial up and it was garbage. I would call him and I would say, hey, man, I was on the news again. Let me send you, you know, because I knew he had email. I was like, let me send you a clip, you know, of the news story you can watch, you know. And he was like, oh, I can't. My computer's messed up. And I was like, what do you mean your computer's messed up? He's like, oh, I don't know. I tried to fix it. And, you know, the Microsoft people, da, 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 da. Well, never crossed my mind that my, I'm, I'm the in robocall guy, dude. They had like, I'm the guy. I teach this shit. <laughs> and my own dad got locked out of his computer. They tricked him into thinking they had given him $20,000. He gave them $19,800. If you'll notice, 20, and I use the $20,000 example for exactly that reason. It's twenty thousand minus the two hundred that they that they accidentally charged him for. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. They you know the nineteen eight they overpaid. Yeah. So you know, and and when you think about it, you know, my dad had his wits about him. I mean, he wasn't uh, you know no dementia, no Alzheimer's, nothing like that. I mean, he's just an old guy. He's not tech savvy for Pete's sake. He didn't know how the yeah. computer works that well. Um, you know. And and the people that think, the people that are ego driven enough to think, oh, it'll never happen to me, you are a prime target, because once they flip that switch in your mind, oh, this is legit, it's free reign. They're going to take everything you've got, because they've already convinced you, and now that you believe it, that they they're going to have access to everything. Uh, you know, phones, emails, everything. And what these guys do is like, for example, <clears throat> your online banking. If you save your user ID and password in your online banking, they are going to have access to your computer. They will put in what we, we call a RAT, a remote access tool. Um, that means that even when you're not on the computer, we can get on it from India, Pakistan, wherever. And we're going to log into your bank. We're going to change your user ID. We're going to change your password. Well, of course, to do that, what do you have to have? Well, you have to have the phone number. You have to have your last four of your social, da-da-da-da-da. They've collected that either through the call or through any number of documents in your email, on your bank account, blah, blah, blah. Then they lock you out of your own bank account. You know, I, I still don't have the heart I could go back and look at my dad's records, phone records, uh, not phone records, but uh, banking stuff. And I'd probably see a lot more, uh, you know, and I think in terms of, you know, it sucks that they duped him. But, you know, I'm fortunate in in, uh, in that I don't I didn't rely on my dad's inheritance to pay for the funeral or, you know, any of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not starving. There are people who have $3,000 to their name yeah, and they buy their heart minutes with it. They buy their mm -hmm. insulin with it. And these guys wipe them out Man. and they just have no compunction about doing so. They have no remorse about having done so, uh, you know, and it, 
if someone asked me, why do I do what I do? That's it right there. Yeah. I think about my old dad sitting there all alone in that trailer in Kentucky, all alone, not having any clue. And thank goodness he wasn't starving. And thank goodness they didn't get more out of it. You know? Yeah. It, it is um, hard to hear stories like that. And I think for parents, I mean, this this episode, I wanted to have Doc on really to talk about the stuff that he's doing to try to help uh, consumers. Uh, but this is this is about our kids too. This is about educating them because they're 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 naive and kids love attention and they love they love people giving them attention, whether it's through social media, Snapchat, all those kinds of things. Um, so yeah, this is about educating our kids, but also educating our own parents. Um, Doc, I know that uh, I've got to let you go. I've got a hard stop here in a few minutes, but I want to give you an opportunity. I know you have uh, a kit and this, um, when he says that he made $16,000 uh, from a judgment uh, from doing the stuff that he does and he can teach you how to do it, he's being serious. He can teach you how to do it. When you get these robocalls, you can learn the steps and the process and the tools you need in order to get money out of them because they're breaking the law um, and his kits do just that. Where's the, can you, can you, I know you don't want to give everything away. I get, I get all that. Sure. No, no, no. Absolutely. Can you talk a little bit about the kit and then where's the best place for them to get that. Um, the kit basically uh, it's an 80 page downloadable PDF. It's not a bunch of fluff. It's legit material. Um, and it teaches you how to talk to the callers when they call, uh, which, by the way, you answer the call. I know what the Federal Trade Commission says. How effective has the Federal Trade Commission been at getting rid of the robocalls? Right. Right. We're still getting billions per month in the United States. So listen to the guy who doesn't get robocalls as often. OK. Um, <clears throat> you talk to them. You're going to have to get a little bit of information out of them. It takes patience practice and persistence. But once you learn how to talk to them, you'll be able to get information out of them that will allow you to identify them, figure out who they are, where they are. And then when you do that, the kit provides um, six pre-litigation demand letter templates. These are basically, I, I worked in a law firm. The last three years that I worked for anyone else, I worked in a law firm. Um, and I ran the consumer credit section of a law firm. We were going after debt collectors who were illegally harassing uh, the, the firm's clients to collect debts. That's how I learned about the Telephone Consumer Protection Act. Mm. Well, I left the law firm in 2016, 2018. I was getting 20 calls a day like everybody else. And they were auto warranties and they were insurance and they were all these things, just like everybody else gets. The same stuff we're getting now, believe it or not. Uh, and I just tried it on my own without the attorney letterhead to see if they would negotiate with me. And they would. First, first try, got two grand. Took me about a week. Second try, three grand. Took me about 10 days. And it just kept going. So then I was like, okay, I need to share this with the world. Created a small beta group of testers and, and so on. Started letting them do it. And they were like, uh, yeah, I just got a $10,000 judgment. I just got a $10,000 settlement. The point of the letters that are included in the kit is to get them to settle with you so there is no court. You don't have to hire an attorney. 
You don't have to file a lawsuit. There's the only expense you have aside from the kit itself is postage, really. Um, you send them, hey, look, you know, and, and the letters basically say you you broke the law. This is what the law says you owe me. And I have the opportunity to sue you for, you know, whatever amount, $15,000. However, because I'm such a kind and generous person, I'll settle with you for $7,500 or, you know, whatever amount you want, you know, that's up to you. And believe it or not, more often than not, these guys want to negotiate and just settle it and make it go away because it's more expensive for them to go to court. It puts them on public records as a violator, which can alert the feds to what they're doing and cause them problems down the road. So they want to settle. Uh, and then we kind of teach you how to negotiate. We teach you how to collect the money once you've gotten a settlement. Uh, and maybe they, you know, they, oh, they're not going to pay or they take too long to pay. We teach you all of it from the moment you get the phone call to the day you get the check uh, or the wire transfer or the you know, direct deposit or whatever. It teaches you all of that. And it is hands down the most inclusive thing out there. Uh, to teach people that. And I have sold tens of thousands of these kits all over the country from everyone or to everyone from uh, high school kids all the way up to, you know, octogenarians that are busting robocallers. There are people that have made a, a couple hundred, a couple thousand. There are people that have made five figures and six figures busting robocallers, huge settlements, some of which never see the inside of a courtroom. Some... <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps because the uh, robocaller is, um, you know, just resistant. They don't they don't want to pay. And they're like, yes, you know, screw you. I'm not going to do that. Take me to court. And they try to call your bluff. Hire, hire an attorney and take him to court and you win and you get the money. Uh, but it teaches you how to identify which ones are scams and which ones are actionable calls. Uh, I encourage everybody to go check out the website. The website for the kit itself is uh, robocalls.cash. Um, I mean, go look at it. You owe it to yourself to at least go look. If you think I'm kidding, Google my name, mm -hmm. Doc Compton, robocalls, and just see what comes up. There are literally hundreds of news stories. The, uh, the story that broke, uh, the very the reporter that broke the original story, uh, his name is Steve Noviello. He actually won an Emmy for the story. Hmm. So I mean, it's it's tried and true. I've been vetted. It is legit. There are reporters making money. There are politicians making money. There are you know people from every walk of life uh, making money, busting yeah. these guys. And best of all, it's not about the money. It's about reclaiming their phone. And being able to answer their phone without having to worry that it's some schmuck trying to sell them an auto warranty. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome, man. You're doing good stuff. And I, uh, I appreciate uh, the stuff that you're doing and the stuff that you're putting out there. Obviously it's enjoyable because you have a lot of people that view and watch and comment and all that. Uh, and you get, you get a lot out of it as well. Um, Cause you're, stopping these guys from making other calls if they're spending time uh wasting their time with you because you're the old man that's that can't hear what they're saying <laughs> what what <laughs> Dude, what Crack yeah. you, up. Uh, um, you know it, it's fun and like i said i just i use the humor uh and you know and these guys freaking out and having meltdowns when they realize 
you know, I don't know how much we want to give away on the show necessarily about the process, but basically I let these guys into my computer. The right. computer that I have is on its own isolated network. Um, and it's not connected to anything else. There's nothing of value on this computer. They think they're going to get in and get into my bank accounts or my personal data, you know, whatever. And in reality, what I'm doing is very often showing them uh, dirty pictures and movies, uh, things that they find absolutely revolting. Uh, And that's where a lot of the meltdowns that you see me post on social media come from. When they realize they've just spent an hour taking this dumb 80 year old man, you know, from from wherever, uh, you know, walking them through the process and stumbling and taking forever. Oh, did I mess it up? Oh, Lord, I done did it wrong. <laughs> and, and I do all the voices and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and when they realize they've spent an hour just completely wasting their time, uh, <laughs> they tend to freak yeah. out a little bit. It's awesome. They do. I'm going to encourage you guys. Um, you got to go check out his YouTube, whether it's on YouTube or TikTok. Uh, he does some live streams on uh, on Instagram, but it's mainly on YouTube and TikTok. Um, but I'm going to encourage you guys to go check it out and just spend 15 minutes just listening and watching. Uh, it's more about listening. You don't even necessarily have to watch what he's doing, but it's more about listening and to hear the stuff that he goes through with these people. It's, it's, it's hilarious. It's remarkable. It's entertaining. It is, it is entertaining. I've a lot of Netflix stuff I've watched. That's <laughs> it is entertaining. Doc, I am, uh, I'm glad that you and I got a chance to connect. Thank you very much. Thank you Absolutely, very much man. for doing this. Uh, I took a I took a stab by reaching out to you, and you were so kind to uh, to uh, uh, say for sure you wanted to come on. So I appreciate it, and uh, I'm looking forward to continuing to listen to you, watching you, and also uh, growing our friendship over, over the next uh, year or so. So I appreciate Absolutely, it. Thank man. you very much for being on, man. I, I'm I'm super grateful to get the opportunity. You know, every audience uh, that I can share this message with is a good audience. Uh, for me to be able to share this message with. And, uh, you know, obviously people are thinking about their their kids and they're probably thinking about their parents. And uh, those are the people we're trying to protect the most. Yep, absolutely. Uh, listen, guys, it's been another awesome episode with my good friend, Doc Compton. Please make sure you guys are checking out what he's doing on social media. He's on TikTok. He's on YouTube. He's on Instagram. You can check out it all. Make sure you guys are subscribing to his page. I'm, I guarantee you, you will get a lot out of it. And if you have not yet gotten his kit, go do it. Why not? Might as well try to make a couple hundred bucks from from some of these jokers out there and 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 get what you're worth, right? So check out his kit. Uh, if you have questions, you need to reach out to him, ask him a question about it. He will respond to you. So you can ask him questions and all that, unless you're a scammer and you're trying to ask him weird questions, he won't respond. I'll still but, respond. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and as always, guys, if you have not yet subscribed to my YouTube channel, make sure you do that so you don't miss any of the awesome guests I have on each and every week. And like I say, as always, I'll catch you on the next episode of Dad Up. Wow, another amazing episode in the books. So much was shared and I'm truly grateful my guest was able to pour into you to help you elevate your dad game and really dad up. Make sure you bang that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. And while you're here, please don't forget to leave me a rating and a review. I always appreciate the feedback. Also, did you know you can watch the video interview of this episode? You can by simply going to my YouTube channel at Dad Up Podcast please don't forget to subscribe to my channel. And one last thing, don't forget, your role as a dad is one of the most important roles you have. So if you need a little help or have questions, don't hesitate to reach out to me on my website at daduptribe.com 
or at my Instagram page at data podcast. Until next time, everyone, data up.